This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs is in his 41st year as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. I wanted to tell you what a great service you provide to this community. I listen to your show every week. Thank you for what you do for our community, for all the parents, coaches, and athletes. And now, here's your host, rated one of the best therapists in Kansas City, Missouri, by OnlineTherapy.com, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB here in Kansas City. As you know, I'm here every Sunday morning, wide awake from 7 to 8 with my producer, Kyle Collier. He's up, ready to take your calls and get in discussions with you as we talk about the mental side of sports. I'm in my 42nd year of work as a sports psychologist and uh, 32nd year here on radio, the last 22 here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. Love doing this show because we talk about sports, which is my passion outside of my family and my dog. My dog is my dogs have always been my passion. I love my dogs anyway. But sports is I've, I've played sports my whole life. I've been involved in sports all life. I work with athletes, and God willing, till the, till the day I'm not here anymore, I'll still be doing something physical, especially athletic. And I love going out and competing. I love going out and playing. The enjoyment I get from it, I've had my whole life, as do most of you. If you love sports, you're probably pretty much similar. So I want to get into something today. You know, I talk about a lot of different things on this show, but when, you know, here in the Kansas City area, we've been pretty darn lucky the last few years. I mean, the Royals won the World Series. It's been about 10 years ago now, but nonetheless, they've we're in the World Series two years in a, in a row. KU won the national championship last year. They're in a good position to do really well this year. The Chiefs have been in the Super Bowl three times in the last four years. I, I, you know, how much better can it get? I guess there's somebody who could say something. You've got the uh, current who last year lost in the national cha- in the championship game. Sporting KC has, even though last was a down year, has been very successful. The Kansas City area has been very fortunate to have successful franchises winning teams here. So what? why do we play, you know, what do we get out of sports when we're younger? What do you learn from it? Why do we play it? Why do we want our kids to play sports? You know, I work with athletes of all ages from from younger than 10 all the way up I've mentioned several times, I've, I, the oldest person ever came into my office was an 80, 81-year-old female golfer. And I asked when I asked her why she was here, this is close to 25 years ago, she said, because my putting sucks. That's a direct quote. And it did. But we worked on getting her to relax. She, just, she was so nervous when she stand over a putt, she showed me her hands would shake. Well, no wonder the, the ball went all over the place. 
Why was she so nervous? She didn't want to screw up. Why didn't she want to screw up? Because even at 81, they were making bets. She said, I don't want to lose any money. So she paid me money not to lose money. But we worked on that, and she learned some ways to relax. So sports teaches us so many things. Obviously, as I said, here in the Kansas City area, we've been fortunate for the last decade to have so many successful professional collegiate teams. But when you when you sign your kids up for sports, what what do you want them to accomplish? What do you want them to learn? What do you want them to get out of it? I'd like to get into that today. And I'd like to hear from you if you're a parent or if you you you, you are a youth sports coach or a high school coach. What are you getting out of your child or your team playing sports? What are they learning from it? What are they getting out of it? Unfortunately, I get so many people in my office who come in because they've had negative experiences with it. Negative experiences mostly with coaches. I just yesterday had a new client, a college baseball player, a college baseball player who is a catcher. And he's got a coach who screams and yells at him if he makes a bad throw. He's gotten, he's never had a problem like this before. He's been yelled at before, but not like this. And the guy gets so angry at him that he's now got the yips throwing the ball. He's so scared to throw the ball back and screw up that he, he doesn't throw it back half the time. So the guy yells at him even more. He doesn't know how to handle it. So one of the things, and this is our first session together, I said, you need to have a conversation with this coach. He's the pitching coach and the head coach. And talk with them together and tell them, look, I don't. you can yell at me all you want, but yelling at me like this, criticizing me, cutting me down, calling me names... That's not helping me. That's not coaching. I mean, if, you know, I get it if a coach is angry at an athlete because they're screwing up and they're doing stupid things. I get that. But losing your temper, screaming and yelling at them because they make a bad play. I'd like to know what, I'd really like to know what the purpose of that is. Now, there are some people who will get motivated by that. But not many. So when we start putting our kids in sports, what's the purpose? To learn, to grow, to develop, to learn about success and failure, to learn about achieving things. I think that should be the main thing. And after the number one reason we should play sports is to have fun. Have fun. Enjoy the experience and learn about yourself. But when you have an adult's ego, and it's it's an ego issue, get in the way because you can't handle failure. You get angry. What does that do, especially for young kids? I've had young, you know, I've had young kids in my office, nine and ten years of age, who have coaches who yell at them and scream at them because they make mistakes. 
I just I just like to know why. Okay, I, I get being frustrated at a teenager who's been going through drills and drills and making mistakes, but what do you get out of yelling at nine and ten year olds? Now, I'm not talking about misbehavior. I'm talking about dropping a ball or, or missing a shot or or running the wrong route or something like that. So I'd like to open up our phone lines. Our phone number here is 913-3810-810. Why do we have kids playing sports? What's the purpose of it? If your son or daughter is playing sports, what do you want them to learn from it? But at the same time, if something goes wrong in a negative way, as a parent, what do you do about it? If you're a coach, how do you coach kids? How do you coach young athletes when they're screwing up, when they're making mistakes? How do you coach them? What do you say to them? You're the adult in the room or on the field. What's the best method? Now, some kids are motivated by getting challenged. Some kids, when they get challenged, go into shells. So that's why I've I've said forever on this show. A good coach is a good psychologist. A bad coach needs a sports psychologist. I think we teach, you know, youth sports has become this multi-billion dollar industry in the last 20 years. Where we've got leagues, organized leagues for five-year-olds now, which I think is, quite frankly, ridiculous. We've got year-round training for sports, which is doing three things. Number one, it's helping a lot of kids learn skills. The positive side, the negative side is repeated use for kids at young ages at the same sport. They're getting hurt. There's there's this incredible increase in the number of injuries kids, especially teenagers, are having in sports. We're playing that sport year-round and playing it all the time. So I think as a parent, as an adult, as a coach, why do you have kids play sports? What do you get out of it? And if you're a coach, what do you want to teach kids? And why are you in it? All right, I want to open up our phone lines. 913-3810-810 is the number. 913-3810-810. If you're a coach, and I know I get calls all the time. There are a lot of coaches listen to listen to this show on their way to games, on their way to practices this early on Sunday. Why do you coach? What do you want to teach kids? What's the purpose you're involved in it? What do you what do you get out of coaching? I always say a good coach checks his or her ego at the door. It's not about the coach, it's about the kids. But I keep hearing all these stories all the time. And maybe it's because what I do for a living as a sports psychologist, that's what I that's what I get. But I keep hearing all these stories about these youth sport coaches, high school coaches going ballistic on kids because they screw up. So if you're a coach, I'd like to hear from you. If you're brave enough to call this show. And I know there are people out there who are brave enough to call in. If you're a coach and you you share with us, why do you coach? What do you get out of it? What are you teaching kids? 
And it, if you're brave enough to call up and say, you know what, I've screwed up before. 913 is our number. We're going to go to our first break here in a minute. And I'd like to hear from you. Why do you coach? What's the purpose for, for you coaching? And have you ever have you ever been out there as a coach on the sideline in a game at a practice and lost it? You know, lost your temper, gotten angry. And why did you? Would you be brave enough to call up and share with us why? And then what? And here's the thing. If you do that, if you do lose control, how do you come back from that? What do you say to the kids when you're coaching? If you get angry, ticked off at a a young athlete because they made a mistake and you yell at them and you can see it, you know, mentally, psychologically, emotionally really knocks them down. How do you come back from that? You know, that's something we've never talked about. In all the years I've been on the radio, I've never talked about that exact topic. What do you do if you coach and you you screw up? You make a mistake. You say the wrong thing. Are you, do you have the guts enough to come back and say, listen, son, listen, young lady, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. It's my fault. And I'm going to work on that. All right, our phone number here is 913-3810-810. 913-3810-810. I'd love to hear from you if you're a coach about this issue. Because I think this is, this. you know, we all lose our temper at times. We're human. But when you're coaching a bunch of kids and, and, and that happens, how do you come back from that? How do you resolve it? How do you move on from it? 913 is the number. I'm sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're on the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB. You know, our shows are podcasted everywhere. Also on my website, winnersunlimited.com. I've got about 10 years of podcasts on there. If you're interested in looking at it, just go to the website, winnersunlimited.com, and click on the podcast page, and you'll be able to to listen to me for hours and hours if you're driving around or flying somewhere. And I also do a Facebook Live show every Tuesday night from 7 to 7.30 Central Time where I interview high school-level athletes and coaches about high school sports and uh, really enjoy doing that show because we get a lot of comments from people, different coaches around the country I talk to about their coaching styles, how they deal with success and failure. And it's, it's, it's a fun interactive show. Seven, seven thirty on Tuesday nights on Facebook live. Today I'm talking about this issue. If you're a coach and, you know, first of all, why do you coach? Coach to teach, to learn, that you get something out of it, too. You love it when the kids that you're coaching succeed. Is it about the winning or is it about the development? But what happens if you're, if you're a coach and you've lost it before at a practice or in a game? I'd love to see if somebody's brave enough to call up and talk about it today. 913-3810-810 is the number. If you've ever lost control of your emotions, 
coaching kids, coaching high school, whatever level. Why did that happen? And what did you do to overcome it? Or did you? You know, we all, we're, we're all, as I said earlier, we're obviously all human. We all make mistakes. But as, as a coach, you're put on a pedestal. You're put up higher. You're looked upon to guide, to teach, to, to develop. And whether you're male or female, you're coaching boys or girls, men or women, your job is, is to help develop those kids, teach them skills, teach them talents, ta- develop their talent to get better at something. And it gets frustrating sometimes when you're going over and over and over the same thing, but they're not picking it up. So how do you coach when you do that? All right, Kyle, you've, you've, we've talked every week that you, you know, you played baseball growing up. You're now a young man outside of youth sports. That's a compliment, by the way. And you saw a lot of stuff growing up with sports. Tell us, tell us wherever you, whenever you saw a coach lose it. Tell me what, and what was your reaction? What do you think the reaction of the kids that were, being coached by that person more. So th- this event is, I'm in high school. I'm a freshman. I'm playing my first year of football on the freshman football team. Now, the varsity coach for our team, um, I didn't know him that well. Um, this is a local school. Right. Okay. Uh, I, I didn't know him that well. only time I had ever interacted with him was, uh, you know, the summer – the off-season weights camp, you know, uh, young football players who were going to join the team their first year, they'd go, they'd interact with the coaches, they'd do some off-season workouts, some weightlifting, uh, stuff like that. So that's the only interaction I had with this man. Um, and like I said, he was mainly on the varsity coaching staff. Now, varsity, they play their games Friday nights. Um, the younger kids, we play our games on Saturdays. So Friday night, my buddies and I were all at the game. This is a, you could classify it as a rivalry, rivalry game, big game. Now, the high school I went to, our team, we get smacked. Uh, we did not put up more than 10 points, and we lost by at least 20, I believe. Um now, that football team, they were pretty good. That was only one of two losses that year. Um, and I remember after the game, uh, an upperclassman who I was friends with, he, you know, he mentioned that in the in that post-game atmosphere, the post-game locker room, the, the post-game speech from coach to player was one of the more bizarre things he'd had, he remembered as a player. Basically, um, you know, after games, sometimes there would be a performance or, you know, halftime there would be a some type of performance from the cheerleading, from a dance team, from a band. Um, and the coach basically told his players that you guys don't deserve to watch a show. You come out with this effort and then curse words. Um but basically, yeah, he and I was like, how is practice going to be that that next Monday? I, so I wonder how he handled that. I can't remember if I ever learned how he did handle it. 
All right, 913 is our number. So I'd like to hear from you. If, if you're a coach and y- your job's to teach, to guide, to learn, to develop, you're human, you're going to get upset at times. But if you've ever really lost it and then regretted it afterwards, how did you deal with that? How did you handle that? 913 is the number. We're all, you know, like I said, this is an issue that a lot of people don't want to talk about. They don't want to get into because it's scary. It, 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 you know, nobody likes to admit they screwed up, but we all do. So I, I think it shows humility if you sit there and pull the team aside and say, hey, you know what? We got to talk about what I did the other day. I shouldn't have done this. This is what I did. I was wrong. And I'm going to work on this. And I hope you guys will deal with that with me. All right, nine one three three eight ten eight ten is the number. Let's talk to Jeremy. Jeremy, good morning. Thanks for calling in. Good morning, Doctor Andy. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. So, uh, two things. You, you, you asked the question why we do it first of all, and uh, to give a little bit of background, just real quickly, is that, that uh, you know I got started in youth coaching because of my kids. I was a volunteer coach that started because of my kids, and uh, twelve, thirteen years into doing this now. Um, my motives have changed as I've evolved. I've, I've gone from trying to just teach the game and, and being rather competitive and wanting to win to understanding that my role is to help grow boys into men and to teach them lessons that I, I think we miss out on, that, that life does have winners and losers, that winning isn't ordinary and it takes extraordinary effort to be extraordinary, You know that you can always try harder, want more out of yourself, never be satisfied with where you're at. Um, and that sometimes despite your best efforts, you come up short, and you've got to learn how to grow out of that and how to lose with grace and win with dignity. And uh, so that's kind of where I come from and why I do it. As far as the uh, how do you how do you come out of one of your own mistakes, I'm very, very cautious about not losing my cool. I, I can't recall a time thinking back where I've made that mistake. But where I have caught myself making mistakes as a coach is sometimes my competitive nature uh, leads me to not hold a talented player as accountable as they should be for effort and practice. And I'm constantly having to evaluate myself on does that kid still deserve the playing time just because he's our best chance to win. Does, you know. Excuse me. Doesn't first of all, Jeremy. Thanks for calling in. I really appreciate this. Um, what you're saying. So, isn't this? You know, I always say a good coach is a good psychologist because you've got to understand the motivators, the goals, the the reasons these kids are playing sports, whatever the level is. And then you've got to f- figure out. It's like a puzzle, right? You've got to sort of fi- figure out with each kid what piece fits for them and what piece doesn't, because there are some. You can challenge and push, and there are some you can't. So isn't that where you have to be, you know, you, you've got to understand, A, why are they here, B, what do they want to accomplish, and then C, how does that fit into what I want to do? Well, absolutely, and especially at low-level recreational youth sports, you've got you've got some kids that are there because they're very competitive and they want to grow and they want to win. But the majority of kids that are in – recreational youth sports just want to have fun with their friends and so they might not share the same motivation as all of their teammates it's 
it's a delicate balancing act uh, of of trying to understand what each kid needs in order to be motivated and be successful. And some just simply don't have the desire to develop into really good baseball players. And so you've got to keep that all in perspective as a coach. Most important in our job is growing children into adults. You know, that that's, that's goal number one is to grow boys into men. And if I teach nothing else throughout the season, uh, I hope to teach them how to be a better person and, and how to uh, – improve as a person you know where, where if, excuse if me keep, where does where does having fun with that fit into that well well having fun is just constantly finding fun ways to teach the game to, to me having fun is keeping practices organized keeping them light making sure that kids are enjoying their experience checking in with them you know sometimes it's just asking kids you know what what do you want ask the kid what do you want out of this season what are your personal goals and at at a young age, they they may just say, "My personal goal is to get a hit or to pitch in one game, or you know." So your job then is to a be a good listener, be a good evaluator, and and understand how you can challenge and push these kids and where you can't. I I believe so. Yeah. And doesn't that involve? also getting to know why the kid, the, the parents want their kids to be there. It, it does. And in especially in youth sports, it's amazing how often those two desires contradict. The kids want to be there for entirely different reasons than the parents want them there in most cases. Okay, give us an example of that. Well, it seems, I, I think we all see it in youth sports that adults kind of try to live vicariously through their children. They want their kids to be the star athletes that they weren't. Or uh, it, it, Being an adult involved with youth sports at any level, whether as a parent, coach, spectator, official, is constantly about putting things into the perspective that the game is about the kids all the time. The game is about the kids. And it changes as you get into upper-level sports, high school sports, college sports, professional sports. Uh, but especially with youth, check your motivations as a coach. Why, why do you want to be involved? Check your motivations as a parent. Why do you want your kid to be involved? As a spectator, check your motivations about why you're there and what you're watching. You know, be supportive of every kid on the field because every kid is doing their best. Have you ever lost it and then regretted doing that? Uh, like like I was saying, I don't think that I've, I've I've lost it in terms of like yelling at a kid. My mistakes that I feel that I make are just being in, in too competitive in a moment mm-hmm. and losing sight of what my actual goal is. And sometimes you you look back on a game and you go, you know, I I didn't do what was best for the player in that situation. I I maybe put pulled them out of the game and put somebody else into left field that I thought you know, was going to make a catch in that situation instead of letting them have the opportunity to make a mistake and being okay with them making a mistake and using it as a teaching moment. So how did you resolve that or overcome that or move on from that? Um, I, I'm still evolving and I'm still overcoming. Uh, what I will say is that when I feel I make a mistake in coaching, uh, I'm not hesitant to admit it to parents and coaches or parents and players. I've had moments where I've said, "You know what? 
you know, I, I maybe was pushing a little too hard for a win in that situation, and some kids didn't get playing time that deserved playing time. Uh, and to you parents, I apologize. So you've been, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, Jeremy. So you've been man enough, I guess, to be the right term here, to say, "Hey, I made a mistake. I'm sorry." You have to be. You you have to be, or you have no accountability to yourself or your players. But how often? How be. often do you see when you're coaching? Do you see other people screwing up, and and you don't see them apologizing? <laughs> Every game, yeah. and those those are the coaches that I see with high turnover. Those are the coaches that have kids that decide they don't want to keep playing baseball. That's how you lose the fun in the game, is by you know m- making it about you first of all, but then also holding your players to a standard that you don't hold yourself to. And that's why I say a good coach checks his or her ego at the door. It's not about them, and we're all human, so we're all going to screw up. But I think. What what you're sharing with us from your perspective is, you know, you you sound like you've got a really good grasp of this and understand why you're there. And I try to because I, I have been involved in the game at every level as a player, as a parent, as a spectator, as an official. And that's one of the things that I try to talk to my parents and players about at the beginning of the season throughout the season is, look, I, I'm okay with mistakes because we all make them. You're going to have to anticipate that I make mistakes as a coach. We're not going to blame officials if we lose a game because they're human and they make mistakes too. And I'm confident that there's no official out there that is going out of their way to try to make us lose a ball game. You know, are they going to make some mistakes? Yeah. Sometimes are they going to be egregious? Sometimes. You know, sometimes it's going to seem like they make more mistakes that go against us than they do that go for us. But we can't assess blame we have to hold ourselves accountable and assume that they're holding themselves accountable the book that i co-wrote with jeff montgomery and pete malone just let them play guiding parents coaches and athletes through youth sports one of the reasons that i asked them to write it is and jeff coached my older son jonathan pete coached my younger son gregory who swam until a senior in college but jeff did something once that stu- of course i worked with him when i was with the royal psychologist in 1990 that's how i got to know him and i admired him immensely and he would coach the, it was 12, 12 and under boys, a competitive team that my son was the, literally the last kid on the team. But one of the things that Jeff did that, that I really respected immensely was when one of these young boys would make a mistake. He didn't yell and scream at him. He didn't pull him out and, 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 and insult him. He would, you know, during an in-between innings, He'd go over on the bench and say, look, we're going to work on this in practice tomorrow or, or you know, a couple of days, whatever practice was. Don't worry about it. Just go out there and keep trying, and, and we'll, we'll work on this. That's the, to me, that's what a coach should do with kids, not, not get angry at them for striking out or throwing a bad pitch. We had a situation with a young man who had a temper problem, and he walked a kid, and then he threw his glove down. Jeff called timeout, went out to the mound, and, and got down on his knees. So he said, I love with this young man although the kid was pretty tall, and said, look, that behavior is unacceptable. You can't do that. If you do it again, you're going to have to come out of the game. I don't want you to come out of the game. I want you to stay in here and play. But you can't throw your glove down and lose your temper. Well, next inning, he did it again. Jeff called timeout, pulled him out of the game, had him sit next to him on the bench. Didn't yell and scream at him, didn't get mad at him. Then after the game, he talked with this young man with his parents about what they were going to work on. That's coaching, right, Jeremy? That's the way you yep. teach kids. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to find a way to connect. And and coaching, whether we're talking sports or whether we're talking about just life, you know, people have life coaches out there, people who advise, people who help them grow. Coaching is ultimately that. It's It's finding a way to connect with that person. You know, a good coach is personally invested. They care. And if the person who's being coached doesn't feel that love, if they don't feel like their coach cares about them, they're not going to respond one way or the other. There are people that are coached best, like you said, sternly, that do respond to high-energy screaming, yelling. They're few and far between. But but there are players out there that respond to that, that that's what they want out of their coach. So let me let me, um, let me answer something here. So I mentioned earlier this, this new client I had, just met with him, his parents yesterday. Actually, he was on the phone from his school because it's uh, out of town. And he mentioned that he's a catcher, that the coach – yells and screams at him, okay, and he's gotten him so anxious now that he's he's having trouble throwing the ball back to the pitcher because the guy screams and yells at him. I, my, I said you need to have a meeting with this coach that's a pitching coach and the head coach and tell him, look, this doesn't work for me, okay? I mean, I, if I make a mistake, I want to overcome it, but yelling and screaming at me does me no good. What's your thought on that as a coach? I, I, I encourage that. Oh, for for goodness sake, please tell me if 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 I'm not holding myself accountable for mistakes I'm making, I'm not so grown up that I'm not going to respond to a nine or ten year old or eleven year old or twelve year old saying the same thing. And you're talking about a college level guy, you know. That's good communication is is paramount. But my question back to you, Doctor Andy, is what is your experience in the number of coaches not necessarily good coaches because good coaches are going to respond how many coaches do you know that are going to respond to that positively and aren't going to yell at this young catcher and scream and yell at them anymore and how many do you know that are going to be even harder and more harsh because that player came to them well a good coach jeremy in my opinion is somebody who's going to hear that and is going to take some time to think about themselves let's do some introspection on themselves and ask them, what am I doing? How How is this benefiting this young man? Granted, he's a college kid. And this, this young man said, look, I, I can deal with being yelled at. I don't have a problem with that. But, you know, screaming and yelling at me because I, 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 this has gotten me to the point now. Now I'm scared to throw the ball back because he's right. so angry. And see, that's right. where to me, it, if he comes in, if he does go talk with this coach, if this coach is a good coach, in my opinion, he's going to take the time to say, all right, you know what? I, n- I need to back off here. I need to hear this kid. I need to help him. I'm hurting him now. I'm not helping. I mean, there's nothing wrong in getting angry if things are going wrong. I'm not saying that you can't get angry. But but sure. you've got to understand what motivates that kid and what doesn't. And there are some kids that you can yell and scream at, and, and it's going to be a positive thing for them. It's going to push them. But then... But everybody has a breaking point. And I think that's where, like I say, a good coach is a good psychologist and a bad coach needs one. And and I think right. in this situation, if this if this coach doesn't react positively to this young man conversation, you know, then this guy's got problems. I can get your thought on that before I let you go. Well and and I agree. And we see that at every level too. You see good coaches and bad coaches at every level from youth to professional. You know, uh, look at the difference in Jacksonville. Uh, with the Jaguars. Oh yeah, I mean, you, what could be what could be better than that? 
you know, you look at the difference between a mentality like Urban Myers and a mentality like Doug Peterson and the difference that that made and how his team responded and what they were able to achieve in the course of one season. Yeah, I mean, I've never met either either of them. Actually, my, my son has actually been on a golf course with Doug Peterson when he was here. He said, Dad, what a great guy, really nice man. Now, Urban, Urban Meyer might be a nice guy too, but he certainly did not do a good job coaching those kids, especially when he kicked the punter. And some of the things that he did, he lost the respect of those players. And well, and I, 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 I liked Urban Meyer. I liked Urban Meyer at Florida. I liked him at Ohio State. And something, something happened, either personally, in his situation, he didn't do what he was supposed to do. That much is certain. Well, yeah, we don't know the details. We just know what we hear through the media and what we see. Behind the scenes is, of course, things we don't know. But the fact of the matter is, yeah, they've got a new team this year, but the majority of the team's the same team. This is a team that was awful last year. This year, you know, lost to the Chiefs in the playoffs. And I think the difference was coaching and and positive motivation, dealing with issues, being straightforward and not being condescending. Jeremy, listen, great call. Thank you so much for calling in. You had some great comments, and obviously anybody who's coached by you is going to learn a lot of good things, so I appreciate it. Thanks, Dr. Andy. Have a good day. All right, that frees up our lines here. 913-3810-810 is the number. Great call. That was was a wonderful call. If you're a coach, I want to hear, why do you coach? What's, What's the reason you coach? And if you've ever lost it as a coach, lost your temper, lost control of yourself, how did you come back from that? Or did you? Did you end up talking with the kids or the, the, the individual? And I don't know, apologize at the number, but did you come back and discuss it with them and say, here's why I did this, here's what happened. Let's talk about it. 913-3810-810 is the number. Give me a call. Let's talk. We're on the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Our show is podcasted everywhere, especially on my website, winnersunlimited.com. Hope you're enjoying the show today. That was a great call from Jeremy, um, coach who, who who gets it, who understands his role, in my opinion, um, how to be a positive influence and how to deal with success and failure when he's coaching. So I'd, I'd like still like to get some more calls in here. Our number is 913-3810-810. If you're a coach... What's your coaching philosophy about negativity? How do you deal with an athlete who's not doing well, who's screwing up, who's making mistakes? What do you do? What do you say to them, positively or negatively? And and I'd also like to see if a coach is brave enough to call up who say, you know, I've lost it before and I screwed up. And if you did, why did you? And what would you do to come back from that? 913 Three eight ten eight ten is the number. I mean, we're all people. We all make mistakes. And when you're coaching a bunch of kids, no matter what age they are, and you're quote unquote the adult in the room, sometimes it can get pretty frustrating. But you know, it's and I'm not talking about misbehaving. I'm talking about when they're playing their game, playing their sport, and they're screwing up making mistakes. So how would you handle that situation? How would you deal with that? 
913 is the number. You know, I, I think coaches have to understand, first and foremost, if you get to understand your athletes as a person, if you get to understand them as people, they're motivating, you know, why are they on the team? What do they want to get out of being on the team? What's the reason they're here? That's where it all starts. And then what do they want to learn? How excited are they? How interested are they? That's the next step. And then you sort of go from there. But when you have an athlete that repeatedly makes mistakes, makes maybe the same mistake, how do you coach them to get over that? That's the key thing. You know, I, I, I've seen throughout my career, what, what my kids was they grew up. I saw so many situations that I've shared on the, on the air here. Um, I mentioned Jeff Montgomery. So had a situation and we were playing an all-star team. And this is, this is Jeff's team, the Mustangs. And Joe Carter's son was on the team. Joe was sitting next to me. And of course, Joe's one of the, one of the best, greatest guys I've ever met. Joe Carter hit the game-winning home run for the Blue Jays in the World Series. I believe it was 93, Game 6. He's been on the show before. What a great guy. And we're sitting there, and this this one young man comes up, and the other team hits a double off the wall. It's a big kid. And three batters later, Joe says, Andy, isn't that the same kid that just got the double? And I'm looking at him, and I said, yeah, I think that is. So Joe went down to, to Monty, to Jeff, and said, because the kid was in the on-deck circle, he says, Monty, look, that, look, look down, that's the same kid that just got the double. So Jeff calls timeout, goes up to the umpire. The umpire pulls the coach and the young man up to the up to home plate, and the other guy said, yeah, yeah. He just batted. We're going to bat him again. And they're like, you can't do that. Well, we want to score more runs. He goes, you can't do that. You're ejected. And the kid's out of the game. He can't play. Well, the coach got angry, and he said, you have to leave. Well, what did he do? He sat behind the, the, the dugout and was coaching from there until they, got, they had to get the security people to, to remove him. Now, I'm sitting there, I'm watching this, and I'm like, why? These were 12-year-old kids, and these kids, these kids were really good, this other team. They were destroying our team, which, whatever, it didn't it did, it did matter. But it's like, why are you going to do that? Okay, and what lesson is that teaching that 12-year-old boy, who was obviously a really good ball player at 12, Teach them, well, you know, we can cheat and get away with it. We'll do it. And instead of being remorseful, he's standing by, sitting behind the dugout coaching some more. And I know Monty turned him into the league. I don't know whatever happened because we, we didn't play them again. But I'm watching this and I'm thinking, okay, first of all, if you're that young man's mom or dad, 
What's going through your head? Now, some parents sit there and laugh, think it's funny. It, it, I'm, I'm just thinking, what are you teaching this kid? It's okay to cheat. It's okay. Doesn't matter. Especially with the coach's response. To be honest with you, if my son or daughter was on that team, because I don't have a daughter, but if my son was on that team, I would have gone up to the coach and talked about his behavior, and I probably would have said, we're leaving the team. And I know you you know, we talk about being committed to things, but when someone's teaching the wrong stuff, I think you have to make a decision. Now, if that guy was remorseful and said, hey, I shouldn't have done this, I was wrong, I'm, you know, it won't ever happen again, that's one thing. I doubt that's how he was going to react after watching him sit there behind the dugout and keep coaching when he was told to leave. Because it's like, well, the rules don't apply to me. I can do what I want. So I think if you're a parent, when you, you sign your kids up for a team, I think it's important to find out about the person who's coaching the team. How do they handle winning, losing, success, and failure? Find out from some people who've had their kids coached by this person before. Can't hurt to ask questions about it. You know, the young man I mentioned is a college athlete. When he was recruited, this pitching coach wasn't involved. But now he's there. And so, like I said to him, I said, "You, you really need to have a meeting before our next session with the pitching coach and the head coach because the pitching coach screams and yells at him all the time. And you got to talk to him about it and say, look, you know, if, if I'm screwing up, that's one thing, but this is not helping me. You know, you're yelling at me is not helping me get better. And that's why I think it's so important. And this is at the college level. Okay. If you're a coach, your ego is going to get involved at some point. It has to. You're human. But you've, like I said, a good coach checks his or her ego at the door. And when you start to see your, your emotions, your feelings are getting involved, you got to take a step back. That's why it's always good to have assistants who will balance you out. You know, the other day I saw Fran McCaffrey, the, the Iowa basketball coach, stare down an official at a game. You know, twice in the last few years, he's gotten in trouble for for physically going after refs at games. Either last year or year before, then he, Iowa got fined for violating the Big Ten sportsmanship contract. So here he is once again doing something stupid, going out there and staring down a ref. You know, like, I'm a tough guy and you can't do this to me. And the ref sat there and stared at me. I'm like watching this. I'm like, no, Iowa played incredibly great after that, not winning their game. But I'm like, what's that teaching anybody? Okay. I don't know. You know, his son's on the team. What, What's that doing? What, what's going through his son's mind? I think if you're a coach, it's it's just so important to understand your role, where you fit in, what you're saying, and when you screw up, because we all do, how you handle that and respond and react. And that's what's going to make you a better coach. On Sports Psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hope you enjoyed the show today. As I said, our shows are podcasted everywhere, especially on my website, winnersunlimited.com. We've got several years of podcasts on that show. If 
you want to get a hold of me, there are a lot of ways to reach me. My email is drj, Dr. J, at winnersunlimited.com, drj at w-i-n-n-e-r-s, unlimited.com. My office number is 816-561-5556. Feel free to give me a call. I talk to clients all over the country. Love to hear from you. Get your thoughts. And send me a message if there's a topic you'd like me to get into on this show. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next Sunday here on the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB.